Wake up, buyer payer people. It's a beautiful day. Go grab yourself another cup of joe and say hello to Jim and Michelle Rhodes on the Buy Here, Pay Here morning show. Take it away, you two. Hello, everybody. Um, We are still here at NAADA and doing another broadcast um, live. Uh, We've we've. We did one this morning with a big announcement, mm-hmm. and so we did notice that a lot of people piped in or uh, logged in, and and we've had a couple of people ask us questions about that since, uh, um, since this morning. Yeah, we can like talk a little early. bit more about what that was, and we yeah. can uh, we we had a mind to talk about um, what we call the gaping holes in buy here payer. We've been uh, addressing that through the morning show for a couple episodes already, and we can continue that conversation. And uh, really just kind of speak freely about our experience here at the conference so far. Yeah, yeah, it's been really fun. Yeah. So it's, I, I, one of the things I enjoy about conferences is being able to reconnect, yeah. meet new people. And so it's, yeah, it's a really great opportunity to. Yeah, and I think for me, it's, um, it's nice to hear from people that they're appreciating the things that we're bringing forward. Like, you know, we're hearing from people that they, they like what we're, uh, what we're out there doing. And in particular, we announced this morning the BHPH Nation, which we're, we're excited to talk about because it's a chance to really bring a lot of resources together for dealers in one place. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're, we're eager to get that going. And, and um, so, yeah, we're just asking dealers right now to visit the bhphnation.com. You'll just follow a little link and submit your email and we'll keep you informed as that moves forward. But yeah. again, we can talk about today. Um, we just wrapped up the session with uh, Bill Elizondo and Ben Goodman, yeah. who are 20 group moderators. That one was a lot of fun. If you missed that episode, you're going to want to tune in and find that one. And uh, and then now we want to continue to talk about the, what we call the gaping holes, the, the, the areas of vulnerability for buy here, pay here dealers that they may not be aware of. Yeah. Um, and just a little bit uh, before we go into the gaping holes, just wanted to give you everybody just a, uh, another little recap on what we announced this morning, um, that we are going to be starting something that's called the BHPH Nation. The nation is going to be used as a place for you to find all the things, um, all of the vendors, all of the, uh, all of the education opportunities, all of that, and that it will be a place where it will be uh, – not a pitch-free zone, so no one will be uh, will be paying for ad space right. there. It'll be more like a white pages, and you can find all of the pieces that you want. Part of the reason that we wanted to be able to do this is that we see that there are so many dealers out there that don't tap into NIADA, that don't tap into their state organizations, and they still have questions. But right. um, And so we're going to be working a lot of SEO behind the scenes so that, that people that are new to the industry will be able to find it and be able to find all of the people, all of the vendors, all of the educational opportunities, sure. all of the stuff under one roof, and, um, and everyone is welcome. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, you know, it's uh, every every education opportunity, NIADA, the, um, the dealer performance groups, right. the, the, um, you know, all of the different, all, all, all of them are welcome. So, um, if you as a vendor already have a website, um, mm-hmm. then we're just going to list it and, right. you know, be able to find us there. So, um, let's go into the gaping holes. Sure. So when we talk about gaping holes, what I'm really talking about, this is something I've kind of developed over the years. And when we're working with a new dealer, Know, whether that's a brand new dealer in the business or somebody we're just freshly working with in an operation, we always try to identify first the areas of 
vulnerability. Like when I think about risk management and how to protect the dealer first, let's make sure that we have the necessary checks and balances in place to, to guard against, could be as simple as mismanagement, yeah. can also turn into theft if we don't keep those holes plugged, so to speak. Yeah. And so that's why I call them gaping holes. So um, for those of you ha that haven't been listening to the other uh, episodes we had on gaping holes, gaping holes is something that every time with every dealer that we um, have engaged us to help them with uh, building, learning, uh, uh, growing their dealership. This is one of the main core fundamental pieces that we teach everybody. Right. And, and it's where, um, where things can go bad the fastest in your dealership. And, um, and it's, we, you know, we've, we are, we've already talked about check writing for those of you that have listened to, if you, if you haven't heard that one, go back. That was the number one on the gaping holes. And then the last one was on, um, deferring, modifications, modifications and deferrals. deferrals. Um, and it's, recap those for those who are listening today who missed that episode. I'm just, I can make sure they understand exactly what the, okay. those things were before we move into the this one we're going to talk about today, but quickly the check writing. We said we've got vulnerabilities there. Anytime mm -hmm. we've got an office manager that is uh, has the authority to write and sign checks, um, and, and there's a whole trust component that you're going to want to go back and hear that episode so that we can talk about what is appropriate. Mm -hmm. It's okay to trust people. In fact, this is a way to keep that level of trust in place by adding those safeguards. And if I had an office manager or somebody who was resisting those things, that would cause me concern because these are just appropriate safeguards that we're trying to put in place. And it for does the really protect them. It protects right. you. It protects too. both. Yeah. And then, so we talked about that one at some length. And then the last episode, we talked about the pain that dealers can suffer as a result of allowing somebody on their team to do contract modifications or deferrals, or it's what some software would call due date changes when they allow um, somebody on the team to have the authority to do that, it makes the dealer vulnerable to, you know, what I call loosely, just generally leakage. Like we've got some deficient money. We, we're short on money. We can't exactly identify it. Our delinquency report looks good because we've got somebody who's, you know, deferring payments and, and kicking payments to the end of the note or whatever. And, and their so bonuses look good because their delinquency is better. And yeah. so we just know that it's not so much, we are trying to make sure that the dealer's cash flow stays intact. So when we think about portfolio performance, this is an area of leakage. Like I say, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that the employees put money in their pocket, but it, it certainly can still hurt us in other ways because we're, we have the component of, you know, the, the missing money. We can't mm -hmm. use that customer's payment this week, uh, you know, because it got deferred. We can't use that money now to make payments uh, or to make pay rent and payroll and all the other things that a dealer has to do. But then it's also the fact that we're reconditioning all those customers that we allowed, you know, that this due date change. Yeah. And so once you create that pattern, it's hard to untrain that. And so that's the other piece of the, those two that we've talked about so far. So let's go into the third one. Yeah. So this one would really be just the authority. And this is mostly in the DMS, like inside the software, the software has typically a good software will have good uh, security limits where we can set the authority for you know, who has the authority to do certain functions. So we talked about contract modifications, but this one would be the ability to delete anything in the system. Um, and I would highly recommend that that is kept to a minimum and that dealers alone or their designate, you know, and so we have to be careful about what we're calling a designate, but that the dealers alone have the authority to delete. If something happens wrong with a car and it needs to be deleted and, and restocked, 
then that should be the dealer doing that. So is that the only um, way that being that deleting would be used? Um, there, I can't think on the spot here about what other things can be deleted. Typically, you wouldn't be able to delete a payment. You could do a payment reversal, which we could treat as the same thing, like a, the ability to delete or otherwise uh, manipulate accounts. Mostly in the, in the when it comes to deleting something, we're mostly talking about hard assets, deleting an account, deleting, you know, it's a soft asset maybe, but um, but certainly deleting inventory would be the example. And you could apply the same thing to other other functions. So I'm just saying, if, if I'm a dealer, I need to make sure that I don't allow people to delete because what we've seen is that that's an area of vulnerability for a dealer. It's, a, it's an opportunity for uh, somebody who's opportunistic on our team to put some money in their pocket and 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 delete inventory and or sell it for a different price, you know, whatever. So these are among the things. So when we're thinking about how does a dealer protect themselves, guard against these um, these areas of vulnerability. So certainly, you know, the things we've talked about. The, the reason this is important because if we don't keep those the lid closed on those things, we can look up and have a portfolio that's underperforming. And we won't know that that's it. And when it comes to deleting inventory, that's not related to our portfolio, but it's just among the areas that we, we need to preserve cash. Okay. And, and I'm going to uh, say for a future episode, this idea of what I would call reconciling receivables to cash. And you, you and I just talked to Colin uh, from Texas and he's a, a CPA and, and more than that, he's a, he's a highly you know, skilled accountant who, you know, probably can do a forensic accounting and all those kind of things, mm -hmm. but he's, their firm is deep into buy here, pay here and finance companies. And so he, he certainly could confirm the things we're talking about, but we, what we're really saying is that you, it's important for us to identify the movement of all of our cash and, and our assets. And, and it's true in most any business, but in buy here, pay here, we have some added wrinkles that we need to make sure And our DMS, any good DMS should provide the capability to, um, to provide these safeguards, then the dealer just has to be disciplined about, you know, not allowing those because we recognize there are parts of this that are challenging for the dealer that makes them have to bring certain things onto themselves. And we talked about what I call a temporary GM thing, a, a special um, role that's created in the DMS. You want to tell a little bit, a bit about sure. that? In case yeah, just can. anybody that missed that. So what I'm really recommending there is that we would have a profile in the DMS that is not the dealer, but it's sort of my, it's the, let's call it the acting dealer or temporary GM. And so what I mean by that is I've created a profile that is sort of has the, all the authority that I would have as a dealer to do this, the stuff like delete this car, uh, do a due date change, charge off an account, whatever that's going to look like. So now if I'm away and I need to authorize my collection supervisor or, you know, controller back at the office to perform these things in my absence, then I would give them a password for, for this, that account, for that not your own profile. account, right. not the dealer's account. Right. I don't yeah. give them my own credentials. I give them the credentials to this other profile that has that authority. And now there's a couple things that happen with that. Now I'm able to grant the authority so they can keep things moving. I don't want the business to come to a halt just because I'm not there. So they keep things moving. I'm in the loop. They've notified me about what's going to happen under that password. And I authorize those things. And now as soon as I'm, it's convenient for me, I'm back from the auction or settled at my desk in the evening. I change the password again. And, and so I've closed that loop. I've closed that hole. And, and now they're going to have to come to me again when they want to delete a car or 
they want to charge off an account. That's all. It's so it's not about the dealer having to be there to do the keystrokes. Mm -hmm. It's about the dealer being informed and being in the, in the loop, loop about what's happening. So they're able to stay plugged in and know how much of that's happening and it's appropriate. And also as a dealer, you know, I sometimes can, I can come up with maybe with a solution you know, to a problem. So if we're facing a problem where we're looking at recontracting or something, sometimes I'll come up with a way to avoid a recontract. This is all the more reason for me to be able to be involved in the decision. And sometimes I may authorize a recontract or, you know, pay date change, whatever, but at least I know I'm, I'm able to know how much is happening. I'm able to keep a lid on that, keep maintain that, you know, that level of that appropriate level of authority. And, and you can make the case that I'm also protecting my employee and doing that. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of, you know, it's a two-way street when there is a level, something that happens and there's a level of distrust. Right. No one wants to be the first person they're going to go to and sure. say, hey, what did you do? What, you know, what's happening there? And that's, and especially if someone has the ability to do the check writing, to do those those types of things, that's a huge responsibility. It's a convenient thing yeah. um, for, for a dealer to be able to, to give people that authority, but it's a huge responsibility for someone who, you know, when it, that's kind of scary that if something something goes awry that they're going to. Yeah. So, you know, dealers are busy. And so they're always trying to do something that makes them more efficient. And it's going to do something that makes things expedient. Certainly we, we like that. We want to see that. We just have to understand that when it comes to these particular checks and balances, these particular uh, granting that level of authority to somebody on your team, we just need to understand the potential price that we pay for that. Yeah. And now we just know that it's entirely possible to keep that lid closed and as a dealer, I will open that lid, allow that to happen, close the lid again. And so now I'm able to keep, uh, you know, regulate uh, that activity in the business. And again, it doesn't mean it won't happen. It just now, it, it comes through me. I'm aware of how much it's happening. And now I can authorize that and we keep moving. We keep, we keep conducting business, but it's just now that I, I'm able to keep a lid on and, and be informed about how much of this is happening. Because now I can identify leakage in that we had that big conversation around collecting efficiency so now if my collection efficiency falls off i can better identify you know i know where not to look yeah right and yeah. so i can better identify what the shortage is and why we're running deficient on our cash flow now i've got those things that yeah. you know i can eliminate we have like i said we have this conversation with um just about anybody that we engage and it's it's really interesting how many of them will say oh my gosh we found the best person uh they are just they, we trust them so much. We trust them to do all the stuff and mm -hmm. all the things and, and, and to hold the purse strings or whatever it is. Um, and, you know, we want to be able to do that with, yeah. with our team members. And uh, where we caution is that uh, life happens and, and um, even the best of people, the best, the most trustworthy people that you have on your team, life happens. And sometimes if you put someone in, in a corner, they might do something that that would be betraying that trust. Right. And so I think what we're really also saying is that we we want we want dealers to be able to trust their people. Absolutely. And, and what we're offering Don't here is the best way to, to hang themselves yeah. with. Them. And then, so that what we're offering is the best way to keep it like yes. that, to be able to keep it where we can continue to trust those folks. Uh -huh. And and the best way we do that is keep those yeah, safeguards at, at the uh, reception that we had opening night the the cigar and um, martini reception mm -hmm. we had a dealer that that we've known for a little while come up and say oh my gosh right after you started this conversation about trust 
this happened. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, uh, my partner is back taking care of this happened right now. And, mm -hmm. um, and we'll be here in a couple of days, but it's just, it's, was it just another Testament? It's like, yeah, really just be careful. And, yeah. um, you know, you want to trust them and yeah. you want to give them, give them all the tools that they need to be successful at their job. Yeah. Um, this is a way to trust them, keep it that way, you know, mm -hmm. and make sure that, because the other thing we talked about in past episodes is this idea that most of the people we hire, well, all the people we hire are humans. And most of the people that we hire work their pay plans, like they're motivated by their pay plan. And so they're going to, um, you know, try to tweak things and otherwise manipulate things for the benefit of their bonus, uh, especially with today's fuel prices or whatever else yeah. is they're feeling pressure about. So these are just areas where we've, we, we know we have uh, exposure, we have vulnerabilities and this, we're just doing the best we can to help dealers understand this is how you avoid, you know, because it is, it is avoidable. Like these mm -hmm. things are, we can totally keep a lid on this and, and it's still going to happen. You're still going to have to authorize those functions. Those functions have to happen on occasion. It's just a question of how we. It's, you know, it. when you talk about uh, manipulating for, for your pay plan, a lot of people don't like uh, your team members wouldn't consider that theft. They wouldn't, cons it's just, I'm staying within the circles, within the bounds. This yeah. is because I have the authority to do this. And, sure. and so it's really not being terribly, um, and, and it's not, it's not perceived as like, this is outright theft, but it well, is, it is part of that. Let's talk about that. Cause I don't think we covered that in enough depth before, you know, does it meet the definition of theft? Would, would it, we be able to file criminal charges for embezzlement? No, probably not. But we're, let's say we have a customer who owed a hundred dollars a week and couldn't pay for three weeks in a row. And now we took that $300 and we deferred it. We reworked the terms of the contract. We just reset their pay dates. And now that, that $300 is due at the end of the note. Well, that's not theft. The employee didn't put it in their pocket, but they did hurt the operation in that we didn't, and now the customer catch up. If that customer had been able to pay, catch up over three, the next three weeks or the next three payments, then we would have had those dollars in the bank, you know, and available to help with payroll. So by taking that money, and this is an exaggerated kind of specific example, but now multiply that times 10 accounts, 40 accounts, whatever, you know, when that's happening, now you can begin to see how that we suffer for that because that cash that we expected in the operation during that period of time got pushed back and got deferred. So we talked about, when we talked about collection efficiency, the reason I think it's so important to measure that is because it identifies those kind of things. When we're, when we're underperforming on our collection results, then we know that there are really two places to look. One is charge-offs, which we all understand. Customer didn't pay, didn't pay, now we charge it off. But the customer was on the active list for a period of time. And then the other one would be uh, these defic or these uh, deferrals, right? Any, any, so whatever that looks like, contract modification, deferral, due date change, call it what you want. We took money that the customer was supposed to pay. They didn't pay it. We put it to the end of the note or otherwise reamortize the note, which means we're not going to get that money that we were deficient that period of time it's not going in the bank right away and so this is why we identify that and we think it's important for dealers to recognize that when they're monitoring their portfolio performance a lot of things they can look at on a longer range but to know because all it takes is one employee to take a week of vacation and our efficiency can fall off you know mm. it can affect delinquency and efficiency and so so that's that's why a lot of these things are important to also measure weekly Excellent. So we can identify those things. But yeah, there's plenty more to talk about on that subject. I think we'll, I would invite folks to tune in for that conversation around uh, reconciling receivables to cash. I don't hear that talked about in this industry enough. 
uh, even, you know, and we're not CPAs, like we don't, mm-hmm. we're not, but we often fill a kind of a liaison role between the dealer and their software and their CPA. Like we mm-hmm. kind of sit in the middle of that a lot of times. And so, and, and uh, having owned the dealership and finance company myself, I, I jokingly have said, I've learned more doggone finance company accounting than I ever wanted to know back when I was a dealer. But at fulfilling that role for dealers, we, we see that this is one of the areas that we just don't see dealers doing it. And so we need to be able to reconcile receivables to cash. And, and you and know, that's something that we'll be doing talking about on Friday. Right, right. Yes. And you know about my frustrations inside a lot of the DMS. We're just trying to reconcile receivables roughly for the sake of management reports. And we can't seem to get there, you know, mm-hmm. uh, so, so I can appreciate why it's challenging for dealers, to, but it's an important thing we can talk about on a future episode, uh, why it's so important to reconcile receivables to cash and make sure we've identified all the, all the changes in dollars. All right. Anything else you wanted to add on? No, I don't think so. Our gaping holes number yeah. three. No, we can wrap up there. All I right. think uh, we appreciate everybody uh, tuning in. We've had a good time at the conference. Oh it's my been, goodness. It's been so much fun so yeah. far. It's always Absolutely. great to reconnect with both dealers and vendors uh-huh. <laughs> and all the industry people. So we've enjoyed doing that. So again, um, just to go back to what we, we, the announcement that we did this morning, um, what Jim and I are planning on doing with this nation, um, the morning show, a lot of the, the broadcasts will be uh, living as well in the nation. But anything that we could teach in an audience of 100 or more people, we're going to be having that there for free once they're in the nation. Um, and the nation, we're just asking for it's, uh, $9 a month. Um, for subscription that's going to help us be able to hire the teams that we need to to monitor and to to do the the um the all the background type of things but we really feel strongly that that dealers need to to have the education really readily accessible to them and that um the nice you know, just finishing that conversation with um with uh the folks with the dealer 20 20 groups. Um, it's a really nice compliment. Um, and, and what, what it is that we're trying to do is to give the ability to dealers to help themselves. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then the 20 groups can, can, um, pop in there and here are the pieces that, that we really feel like after we've looked at what it is that's happening in your, in your, um, dealership, here are the pieces that, that we can help you with. And, or even if, if you were to engage uh, Gemini or whoever it is. Um, but we just, we really want, we really feel strongly that uh, our legacy is going to be about leaving this industry better. Right. And, and the best way that we feel like we can do that is to make all of the really um, important fundamental pieces, all of those things that those little pieces that, uh, that a dealer needs to know or or at least as as a place that they can go to find the answers um a really easy place to go to to get those things as 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 accessible as absolutely possible and you know we've been in this business 20 plus years we walk through these conference halls and we recognize people we know people from all those years back some of them are vendors Mm -hmm. some are you know affiliates whatever but we we just know a lot of people in the space and, and i hope that I have created, and most recently with your involvement in the company, I hope we've created a degree of goodwill and integrity in this space. And the reason that's important to me is because we now have a chance to go forward, and and I want dealers to trust us when they when we're out there trying to be the voice on behalf of dealers. We're trying to speak and use this microphone on behalf of dealers to be able to say the things that we know that dealers we, we recognize the challenges, and we we because we have some collective goodwill in the industry. Mm-hmm. This BHBH Nation 
is a way we can bring all the stuff together. Everybody's invited. We hope that because we've had a history of being agnostic, we call ourselves Switzerland. You know, we don't. And what I mean by that is we don't we don't have affiliations where people pay us or put money in our pocket for for when we refer a dealer to them. We don't accept referral rewards. We get offered them yeah. all the time. Yeah. But so no, we don't we don't, we don't accept do those yeah. because we're trying to make sure that dealers know that when when they engage us. And we recommend a product. It's not because that mm -hmm. product is putting money in a product. It's because we feel yeah. like it's the best product for their situation. Yeah. So we want them to look at it. And in the end of the day, we don't sell other people's products. We're just, we're agnostic. <laughs> so, so those of you who have had the opportunity to get into the BHPH Institute, we um, opened that up last uh, at NAVD was, was when we had our kickoff. Um, and inside of that is the dealer track. And typically that's one of the pieces that will be living in the nation under that um, that just low entry. Currently, it's at thirty dollars a month um, to have access to that. And so, everyone that's already in there, when the nation goes live, there that that's will will shift into just the nine dollars. So right. it's actually a, a decrease in in that pricing. You know, we have a lot of our vendor friends and some dealers that are like, "What's the catch?" Because it's like you can't give away everything. You know, you can't give it away when, how do you pay your bills? And it's like, well, first off, this kind of education is not something that we, that we feel like we want to put a dollar amount on. Mm -hmm. um, where we come in is a lot of dealers, especially we, we primarily focus on new dealers that are coming into the business. They don't know what things that are important for them to learn and how to put all of the pieces together. So we're here to help. Um, if, if with any dealership, whether it be, uh, you know, someone new or someone that's existing to, to take a look at the dealership from the, from the front side of it and say, all right, here are the things that we see that we, that, uh, it would be helpful if you implemented these things. And here's a place you can go to get the education, to do it yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, we also offer the opportunity, um, with that education, we can, we can, help you with it. We can, we can create a plan for, um, for actually, um, implementing all of the different shifts and changes that, that, uh, that you feel like would benefit your, your dealership or that after we've gone through and taken a look at, at, um, what, what we can see that, that would benefit the dealerships. And so that's where we come in right. and, and, um, you know, that's, that's, that's what we, that's what we love yeah. doing. And, and, and then in the nation though, all of the people, all of the people, the 20 groups, the NC or the NCMs, the um, the uh, dealer performance groups, the buy here, pay here Uniteds, the the um, you know all of the different uh, people that do accounting, all the different people that do capital, they will all be welcome there, sure. and they will. We're, we're not going to take money from mm -hmm. from them to to do big ads or anything all over. Uh, sure. all over the nation, but everyone will be welcome. Um, and it will be like a white pages for all those vendors that are out there. And if you, if you know, you need help with uh, GPS, then you look up GPS and there they all are. Right. And this is where you can, where you can start to, to do your, your investigations. Cause it's, you know, it's so interesting to me as we talk to dealers, it's like, I didn't know that that was a provider. Sure. I didn't know that we could do this over here. Well, we're trying to bring it together so that you can.
Right. You just get in, it's all there. Yeah. You just hop in. It's just like we talked about the search engine for buy here, pay here. Mm -hmm. If you think about being able to hop in there and just do reinsurance. And so we're going to try mm -hmm. to feed dealers that information, whatever it is that they're looking yeah. for, we can bring it all together in one place. Uh, we work with a lot of new dealers. And I always say jokingly that they're at a stage where they don't even know yet what questions uh -huh. to ask. But if the question of reinsurance comes up or CPI, or we want to be able to do a search and find all the people yeah. who provide that solution so that they can have a place where they can find them all, uh, do some comparisons, yeah. whatever, so they can shop and find the, all the right people. So yeah, for Michelle and I, we're, we're still going to be a vendor, but we're over here doing our thing. We There are certain dealers that we can help through this implementation and coaching thing that we do, uh, but there's going to be we're just going to be one of many vendors on the platform yes. and we're going to be able to introduce uh, dealers to all the stuff, all the resources, you know, we're going to uh, work to make it there. And it's going to include podcasts, uh, you know, articles, uh, all the yeah. resources, independent dealer podcast, yeah. all of that. All the stuff. So, cause we really do believe all ships rise. That's vendors, right. that's dealers, all of that, that we, we really want to be able to create a platform that, um, that people can learn and rise from Absolutely. that. So, well, um, let's go ahead and wrap up. And we're really grateful for those of you that, that stuck around and, and listened to us live uh, for this episode. Uh, we I think that this is our last one for um, the, the conference today. We will be um, Friday. We'll be broadcasting from Salt Lake City. Uh, we're in our travel time. Won't be back home to Clearwater, Florida until sometime in August. August. <laughs> we don't quite know yet. And I swear to you, every time we get a bell cap or someone that's helping us with luggage there, how long are you going to be gone? Right. It's long enough that I'm going to need a wardrobe for different things. Yeah. A lot of different things. Our, so uh, Our yeah. next uh, conference will be TIADA in yep. July. We'll be and, at so and we actually will be uh, presenting twice. One of them will be uh, on business plans. And, you know, they when they asked us to do that, it was more the, the 101 for the new dealers coming in. Well, we have some really, really powerful stuff that we're going to talk about that would be applicable to any dealer sure. out there, whether or not you're new or whether or not you've been around for quite a while. And it's some stuff that we've We've been um, we've been working with a couple of our clients on this, and it's it's good stuff. Yeah, it's really there will really be great good education stuff. in yeah. uh, Austin or I guess Round Rock is technically yeah. where this event is, and so there will mm -hmm. be great education there. And dealers who are not members of the Texas Association can yeah. attend. So if, if someone's yeah. still and that will not be in podcast format, that will will be there presenting. presenting. And then Jim's been asked to moderate a dealer panel too um, right. on the next day. So Correct. so we'll be around and. Um, you know, if there's anything that we can add or anything we can help with, like we said, whatever that we can help with, whatever education, whatever bits of, of um, fundamental or knowledge, just come up and ask. And, and we'd be more than happy to. In the meantime, help. we'd invite everybody to go to bhphnation.com, hit the learn more button, and yep. then just uh, make sure we can notify you by email once we get As soon uh, as live. we're ready to yep. go. All right, guys, have a fantastic rest of your day. And again, thank you for joining us.